It's snacking and get cracking with a snack that packs a protein punch. Pistachios are known for their protein power, fiber, and better for you unsaturated fats for a combination that may help you keep feeling fuller longer. Wonderful Pistachios is a good source of protein with zero gill. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. I love that they come in a variety of sizes and flavors, making this the perfect protein snack for any on-the-go adventure. Check out wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more about how these little green wonders can power up your day. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Good morning and welcome back to the Flow Track podcast. It's Monday July 20th. My name is Lincoln Shrike, joined today by Gordon Mack. Gordon, uh, I saw Bryce Harper over the weekend hit a really big home run. Are you getting excited for the return of professional sports? I am. It was uh, it was weird watching. Uh, the sc- I mean, the scrimmage wasn't streamed on TV. Like It was only through like clips, whatever. But it is going to be weird watching baseball without any fan noise. Mm-hmm. You know, I know it's already kind of a quiet, kind of slow game. But it's just gonna. I think it's gonna be weird for players when we get to the yeah. NBA and when we get to baseball and potentially football, for them just to not have like pumped up crowds for big moments, for start of games, for after scoring. There's gonna be no celebration noise. It's just gonna be really weird for these for it these is. athletes. Yeah, that's the way I thought the f- about it. The uh, the artificial crowd noise. It doesn't have that like anticipation. It's only like right when something actually happens. There's no like ball is in the air and you hear the excitement you know build of a of a genuine crowd it's just like there's a there's a hit and there's a home run and when it's finally landed that's when this the sound goes up there's no like the normal it it is it's very weird not only not seeing the fans but just uh having that artificial uh artificial build to it uh all right track and field news we have i guess a, a little bit to talk about things last week didn't go so well for for cross country in my view. Now maybe you have a rosier outlook, but what are your thoughts on uh, cross country happening? Given that we've got a bunch of conferences delaying the start of their seasons, a bunch of conferences saying we're not doing fall sports. Period. What what are you, I know you've been on the side of glass half full the whole the whole time, but what what are you thinking as far as the twenty twenty cross country season? So here's an update on the cross country season. So as of right okay. now. A10, Atlantic 10, America East, uh, Hampton from the Big South, just that one school from the Big South, the CAA okay. technically, Ivy League, the MEAC, and the Patriot and the SWAC have all most likely canceled their seasons. Yeah. Now, I got bored, so I went through, and I f- took out the – what you could argue, arguably say is a 2019 ranking of all the teams. So what I did was I took the top 31 finishers in NCAAs and then the first team out in every region. And then I made them all tied for 32nd. Then the second team out of every region made them all tied for what would be that? Uh, 41st. And I kept, oh, oh, no, yeah. 41st because there's nine teams, right? And yeah. I kept on going and basically created a giant... This is the best team of 2019, and this is the worst team of 2019. Surprisingly, there's a lot of teams that don't even bother competing at regionals where they either just run one person or they yeah. don't finish a team. It's a lot. There's a lot of teams. Like the, There's like certain conferences where literally only one team from the entire conference will like compete at regionals. Anyway, regardless. So I created this ranking of just to so, show like the good teams from the bad teams. And as of right now, 
zero men's or women's teams that finished top 10 nationally have canceled. Only right. one men's team from the top 25 has canceled, which was Harvard. Zero from the women. One from the top 31, which still is Harvard for men. Three from the women. They all finished 28, 29, and like 30 or whatever. All right, top 50 teams, five women's top 50 teams, seven men's top 100, 12 and 15 for men, top 200, 33 for women, 34 for men, and then overall, 71 women's teams and 69 men's teams. And basically, as you can tell, a majority of these teams are non-relevant, like nationally teams. So that's mm -hmm. good so far. However, you know, things can change and it's still only July 20th. And yeah. I wrote an article about it, how the Northeast and Mid-Atlantic region are kind of falling apart because they're running out of teams. They may have to combine if we end up having a season, which would be kind of wild. But uh, right now, no big players really have dropped or a conference with a big player, with a big team in it, you know? So, like, I think the, the uh, first, like, somewhat decent team to get cut would be maybe an Iona from like the MAC, the M-A-A-C. Mm -hmm. But other than that, all the, the main players are still in play. And talking to coaches, you know, they're kind of 50-50 on thoughts. But I do think that it's not about trying to save cross country. It's about saving college football. And if they of do course. save college football, then cross country will happen. It's just basically the amount of effort that an SEC commissioner or Pac-12 commissioner puts towards really demanding a football season, that's the amount of effort we'll get towards cross-country. So if if they, if they SEC really loves football, which I think they do, then I think SEC will have cross-country. Now, we'll see what mm -hmm. happens, but, I mean, they really want to play. That's, that's all I yeah. know. They really want to play because they need the money. I, so. I saw over the weekend several schools. I look at the West Coast Conference, which obviously includes – BYU in Portland, they're like delaying the start of, of fall sports until like later in September, which is kind of irrelevant. I mean, there's only small meets typically up until that point, and we can deal without late September, mid-September cross-country meets. But I guess my biggest question going forward is, you know, if, if these schools that really, really need to have the fall sports economically and want to have football, if they're going conference only, and maybe this is just something we figure out later down the road, but I mean, what does that say for the national championships and regionals? I, I, I feel like that hasn't been clearly laid out. Nothing has really been clearly laid out, but uh, does it not at all signal to you all these schools that are canceling fall sports? And, you know, there's still money to be made for them, even though it's not the level of SEC, Pac-12, Big Ten. Do you just think the inevitable though is, going to be that these schools have to do what these smaller conferences have done i mean it just like what it it's not like it's like safer for them to compete than it would be for the a10 schools or those other conferences who have who have canceled their their fall sports it's just it feels like we're just waiting for the other shoe to drop and and this is all to to be wiped out i i, I just where is the ncaa on this you know last time they came in right around, you know, before March Madness was going to happen. Obviously, the day before NCAA Indoors was going to happen, and they said the whole thing's wiped out. If I don't think there's any precedent for some, some conferences competing in national championships while others have canceled their entire fall uh, athletic programs. Do, do you really believe that some conferences are going to go forward and we're going to have, like, this, this smaller – like 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 you wrote in your article, like the Mid Atlantic and the Northeast would combine. It just seems like, even ignoring the effects of the pandemic, you know, be it what it may, if it's safe or not, like there's so many logistical things to get through. Like conferences would have to break their no non-conference competitions to compete at regionals and nationals. Like, is all that going to happen? Are we going to figure that out? It's, like you said, it's July twentieth. Like this cross country season's coming up. Like, I just don't see how all that all that can be figured out and and we can 
make the necessary changes to be be there on whatever it is november 20th to having a national championship how do you foresee that i know it's a loaded question but there's just so many things people are in and they're out and then and then there's in conference and then they have to break that there's just so many things to like wrap your head around yeah i mean right now 21 percent of the ncaa collegiate cross-country teams have canceled their seasons 21 percent, or almost canceled that's a lot. I know there's no big names, really, but, but that's a but lot. The thing is that 21% takes up a majority of, like, the the bad – like, again, 21% overall, but then if we do among top 50 schools, I mean, mm-hmm. only 12 of them are from the top 50, men and women combined. So, you know, it's just the people who have dropped are, like, non-cross-country schools. Right. I mean, everyone – I mean, but still, if you're – the fourth man on on Vermont, you still care about having a cross country team, so it, it doesn't mm-hmm. take it away from those kids who who miss out. Uh, but we're looking at it from like more of like a national, like trying to crown the best. And right now, if they had a season, we would still crown the best. There wouldn't be an asterisk on who would yeah. win cross country with this current field. And I think as long as the field still stays somewhat like rep- reputable. I think it's okay to, to like for NCAA cross country to still go on. I don't think it, it's going to be until like we start losing like an entire power five conference. And it's right. kind of like, well, this is kind of weird. Like New Mexico isn't here. Like they were supposed right. to win and sure. It's just eight mountain West teams, but it does seem kind of weird that New Mexico and Wayne Kaladi don't get to run. Right. So, right. Uh, I think that until then, when we, sh- then it should start being about why are we doing this uh, until then though? I think, we can still do it. I mean, also, here's a question. I probably don't know. I probably should know this, but the end is football kind of separate from NCAA in a weird way. Like with the whole, is it BCS, like in, the BCS? I mean, BCS was kind of separate. It's not BCS anymore. Now it's the college football oh, playoff. Yeah. But yeah, like, sorry. but like, is they're like kind of like a, a different person in charge of college football than like does Mark Emmert of NCA still hold all the keys to college football? Because he seems to be very big on the and like we let the conferences decide as opposed to NCAA mm. decide. That's a good question. I don't want to just speculate. I know there's more hands in the pot there than other sports, obviously. That, but but yeah, you're right. There are the, the the football championship series and the the things that don't have the NCAA branding. So perhaps I don't know the answer. I would think the NCAA still has the final say, but. There's there's obviously um, a a lot, like I said, more hands in the pot there than there would be on a on a typical sport, and and you know their end of season championships don't necessarily have that NCAA moniker. So, I I actually have no idea. The thing you're talking about with an asterisk, I mean, all it takes is the big sky for the men's side saying we're not doing fall sports, and then it's like. I mean, you can still have a cross country season. You can, for, you know, we can have fun dual meets kind of like we're doing right now in the track season. And maybe that's what coaches want. We'll just say, well, we know we're not going to have a championship just like in track right now. We know we're not going to have an Olympics this year, but we can have, you know, I know cross country time trials are stupid, but we can have fun. We can have fun uh, dual meets and and try meets and stuff like that. Because obviously if Northern Arizona, you know, they can't compete in fall sports. Well, I mean, the men's competition is is irrelevant. It's, you know, it's a giant asterisk. Um, you might as well not even have it. Uh, the same goes obviously on the West Coast Conference. If you if you get the defending champion BYU and their 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 stuff gets gets wiped out, so it just feels like it's one move away from you know in it, if in the women it's Pac-12 or like you said the Mountain West from basically rendering the whole thing. Uh, I, I don't want to say irrelevant, but um, pointless from a national championship perspective if that's what you're looking for as as the ultimate goal to somehow squeeze out a a a national championship even with all these cancellations right now if the season started today and we were able to do this i guess it would be okay as long as conferences like the big 10 and the pac-12 somehow were granted the ability to run at regionals or 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 nationals well they are i I asked a big 10 coach and they said that the conference only does not apply to regionals and ncas that's that's good so okay Okay. There's um, the the this the last couple of weeks though have not been good. It's been the smaller conferences coming out, and it just feels like the momentum is building. We'll we'll see. I think those we've seen. I think other schools will follow the model. Other conferences will follow the model of 
fall sports don't start until this date and it's like kicking the can down the road a little bit and and you know it does leave that glimmer of hope but i don't know i guess i'm not super hopeful i i want to be but just feels like the way this is going you every every week i mean i've i've basically last couple weeks i've you know it's two or three articles a uh a week (laughs) this and this got gets canceled you know so i've I've written a lot about cancellations um we'll we'll see you know what didn't get canceled What's that? The local track meet in Austin, Texas, where oh, JoJo yeah. ran. She had a new yeah, uh, season's best. Yeah, five oh seven. Now, how did you re- initially reported it as a five oh five? What happened there? Well, the clock read five oh five, but then the fully automatic time. It was oh, off. They by had fully two automatic seconds. timing. Yeah, fully automatic timing. I think they just manually started the clock, so it was kind of off by two oh. seconds. Uh, but hey. Her journey to sub five, we're almost there. It's getting there. Yeah, it's getting there. I mean, there. I think we're going to have another mile race in, on like Thursday. Maybe we'll run a 5.03. And then two miles from now, we got at 4.59. Dang. So, yeah. Can you imagine trying to, can you try to imagine running your college, uh, running a college best or better now, Lincoln? Nope. No, my knees would explode. Uh, I have bad knees, which is sad to say because I'm not that old. But no, I've given up that dream, which is fine. Totally okay with it. I would not beat JoJo in a mile right now. She would absolutely destroy me. So then I'm fine with that. You know, I'm I'm okay with that. I'm sure you're in the same boat. Um, But I don't need to break five minutes in the mile to, to, uh, I don't know, to have have words and so you say your knees hurt your bad knees you know if we yeah i don't know it developed i i think it's a funny story yeah so we did a silly video back at the 2015 peyton jordan invitational (laughs) where i steepled over a water pit and i think i screwed up one of my knees and then i think the other one kind of hurts because of like bad compensation or like, you know, overcompensating. I don't, I don't know, like what, you know, one knee was weak. So then all the strain went to my other knee. They're not bad now and I can still run, but the, the idea of running fast, no, no, I can't. I mean, I couldn't break five regardless right now, but but like if I try to run really, really fast, my knees just feel like they're going to explode. So uh, I saved that for uh, 40s on the 40 because I can go 40 meters with a big 40 thing of, of beer in my stomach. I, I can go fast for that amount of time. But other than that, I, I don't do any more speed training. Man, that steeple, man, could be the thing that just like affects the rest of your 80 years of life. Oh, damn. I, thought? I, I, I'm kind of hoping, I'll be honest, this sounds, this sounds kind of dark, but I'm hoping I don't live 80 more years or you're saying to live to 80 if uh, i live yes either or okay if i live to 109 i'm i'm i've been on the earth way too long um so maybe <laughs> i'll just go out it. quietly before that yeah um maybe that, that okay by then that's when we'll have cross country back and then you can use that final year of eligibility there we go yep i can i can compete for byu at that point um <laughs> okay so we had some track action i saw you tweeted out the results uh, it was what 40 miles outside of Eugene. There were some jokes on the on the recording of the video about it being in a mysterious location. The it was called the Big Friendly Two, Bigger Friendly, which is a great name. Featured what P. Julian's group, OTC, uh, Brooks Beast, and a couple other groups and athletes. This one I would say not quite as exciting. As the first one didn't have Brazier running a really fast 1500, but there were some fun things. They had a two by two by four. Craig Ingles ran in a 3K. You had a thousands going on. Did you did you have time to check this event out, Gordon? Um, I didn't watch it. The only thing I saw were the results. Um, I knew they yes. were doing a meet that night, mm-hmm. and I was able to find the results online that they tried to yes. hide, and then I <laughs> revealed them late at yeah. night on Friday night. But uh, which would be wild. Imagine if like there was like a world record that ran and they just had to try to sit on that for like 12 hours before they showed the archive video. But um, no, the results, I think the most interesting result for me, obviously, I think is the two by two by four. I mean, oh, wow. Brazier and um, Raven Rogers, they they go 
Well, I think they're on the same team, right? Were they on the same team? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So Brazier does a 49 second, then he gets 60 seconds rest, and then he runs a 51. And then yeah. Raven did a 60 flat, 50 seconds rest, 60 flat, which is a pretty impressive workout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, yeah, what, yeah. what does that yeah. what does that translate? What do you think a 49 60 second rest 51 translates for Donovan if he's running a a true 800? Well, I think we can only say that translates to a world record, right? Cuz that's 140. No, I don't know. Um here's the thing. We know Brazier obviously very fit after he jogged to 335. The commentator for this event, which who was absolutely hilarious, by the way. He kept calling Pete Julian's team NBA names. He called them the Detroit Pistons at one point. He called them the New Orleans Pelicans, which I have to assume is a reference to their former title in OP. Um, he mentioned at the very end of this of this meet video, <clears throat> excuse me, that Brazier may be running a an 800 soon. So we may get it. He I don't know who can pace him. Maybe have Amos, who's on a different team. Obviously, maybe they race each other, but. He's going to try to run a, fa a fast eight. So he's done the 1500, got the strength work. Now he's done this, these two 400s, got in a little bit of speed. And, and now we get to see, hopefully, in the next version of this, whenever it may be, him run a, an 800. And I am very, very excited because I think he's even fitter than he was last year somehow, uh, which is crazy to think of. But you know, minimal distractions. There's not much going on. All you focus on this year is is training. So there's reason to believe he could be fitter than we've ever seen. And obviously last year was his breakout year and he's only like 22, 23. So I, I am super pumped, regardless if it's his small stakes. I think there's a shot, a shot that he breaks his American record. Now, 142, 34, very hard. I think at worst, though, he runs 143. I think he's in that type of monster shape. So I'm excited for the next version of this. This one was like the little bit of an appetizer because we didn't get much of Brazier, and a lot of the events were off distance. I think Brazier was supposed to be in the 1K, which was won by Josh Kerr, but he didn't end up running that, um, which is too bad. I would love to see those guys go head-to-head -head over 1,000. But anyways, I, I'm just excited to see how these meets keep trickling out. Do you think Brazier will enter one of the Diamond Leagues? No, I, I, I don't feel like a ton of America. I mean, he hasn't been announced for anything. I, I don't feel like a, there's a ton of interest for the majority of athletes to travel overseas uh, right now. You know, they're taking these huge precautions, obviously, to, to make these meets happen. I, I think in a, in a year where it's, you know, it doesn't really matter what you're doing, I think he'd be fine to to – just stay home. I don't know. You know, USATF may have their end of season championship, non-championship. They also announced they're doing like a series of meets in Texas. I doubt he competes because he's not going to have any competition, but maybe he makes it if there's a, like a, like a pseudo national championship, he runs that. But I, I think he's going to stay in the U S and do these kind of big friendly next one, the, the biggest friendly or even bigger friendly or even more friendly, whatever they decide to call this. Uh, I, I'm not sure yet, but um, these have been entertaining and, and really niche and fun to watch. I mean, he should consider – I mean, Monaco seems like a, a quarantine country, right? They only have four deaths in the entire country, <laughs> only 109 cases. <clears throat> Currently, they're, well, they're ranked keep 181st. That they're, they're ranked 181st in the world mm -hmm. in countries per – in the cases, total cases. I mean, it's a tiny ass. It's like a city, so it makes sense. But yeah, I mean, they're in the same category as Aruba, Gambia, Jamaica, Liechtenstein. Ooh, I wanna... Yeah, the thing French is Polynesia. Oh yeah, that's a that's a that's where I was gonna head if things got really bad here. Um, the thing is, they want to keep that low, so maybe they're they don't want to invite every American and their brother over because you know America, we've struggled a little bit with the old coronavirus. Um, I don't know. I mean, he hasn't been announced. I don't even know if they have an eight hundred. So we shall see. Obviously, if he was trying to run really really fast, you think he need to get in a diamond league meet, but he does have Nigel Amos currently living in the same state as him. So all they need to do is get those guys together on a track, and you would think a really fast performance could be done um we'll see you know he hasn't been announced for anything he may just be content to to hang around and and run these these smaller meets i think running 335 showed him you know i can run pretty good just here at home in this 
and these small pickup meets. So I don't need to, you know, travel to do the diamond league. Yeah. You just never know, um, what the, what these guys are going to do. What did you think of, uh, angles 753? Now he hasn't really put up anything Mm -hmm. that eye opening, you know, it's kind of, you know, a lot of people around him, like fellow, like top, you know, distance runners, like the Bowerman group and what Donovan's doing have been kind of like showing off. This guy, yeah. he he won USA's last year, right? So, and but he hasn't really, really showed like his like his swag yet. Do you think he's mm. just kind of coming back? What do you think is going through with Craig Angles? Yeah, I have no idea. Obviously, it takes a lot for me to be impressed by a 3K and a 7.53, unless it's run by like a high school senior. If Nico Young would have run that, I would be impressed. But this seemed like it was more of a tempo effort. Um, maybe he was slowed down by the fact that his girlfriend wasn't let into the stadium. I just want to read this text Kevin sent to me. I don't know if he got this straight from like a press release or a tweet, but here's here's talking about the bigger friendly. The location, 43 miles east of Eugene along the McKinsey River, was kept under wraps to discourage attendance because of the coronavirus pandemic. All coaches, participants, and meet officials were tested twice. The only uninvited fan, Craig Ingalls' girlfriend, had to watch from the parking lot. She hadn't been tested, Portland track president Michael Bergman said. I just thought that was funny. That's that's it. Uh, I just, <laughs> this is like a little funny detail of the world we live in right now that his girlfriend couldn't make it in because she didn't get a test. Um, yeah, you know, Ingles wasn't, you know, he had that, he like struggled at U.S. Indoors, only got third and kind of said he was couldn't figure out why he wasn't running his best. Obviously, he's not someone like Brazier right now that is in the same shape that he was a year ago, which is fine. I mean, there, it's just that we're measuring him against like people like Shelby Houlihan and Mohamed, who seem to be in the best shape of their lives in, in this in this weird season. It's fine for him. I mean, he's fine. He's obviously healthy. Um, I don't know if he's right now the best 1,500-meter runner in the country like he was a year ago at this time, but I'm not worried about him. He's going to be an Olympian. And, uh, you know, it, like I said, it takes a lot for me to be impressed by a 3K time just because like, you know, you need to be running like sub 740 for it to be like considered fast. And this wasn't even close to that, but I'm sure he was just like, it was like a modified tempo, right? If I mean, he didn't, if we had a good competition. Yeah. yeah. But. No, if we had a 1500 meter U.S. championship on Saturday, mm-hmm. would Donovan Brazier win it? Yes. Yes. I, I, or would Josh I, almost, Thompson? I, th- I think so. I, I, I would, I would, if, if he ran this, I wouldn't think he would, I don't think he would run it, but yes, if there well, was somehow yeah, something shabbily put together in a, in, yeah. I mean, we haven't seen central has central raced at all in 2020. I, don't, I mean, I guess he did indoors, he but not, not outdoors again. And Bowerman is going to run, I think another time trial type meet really soon, maybe even early this week. If the rumors are to be believed. Yeah. Tomorrow. tomorrow. So maybe central pops up, but you know, the guy who's, run the fastest who has the world lead and very small sample size is Donovan Brazier. He's got the best finishing speed. I, I don't think Ingles would beat him right now. I don't think Centro would beat him right now. And Thompson, although he was running well at indoors and has run a little bit, I would put my money on Brazier. It's wild. One other big uh, result from the, the weekend where I mm-hmm. came up with my patent uh, interesting stat of the meet was Shannon Roberry. She ran 840 something uh yeah but she she's 35 years old she's almost she turns 36 in september and i was thinking like how many 35 year olds are running 840s and so i bust out the handy dandy analytics pages and it turns out not many she's the oldest ever Mm -hmm. to run that fast um as, as an american and she's the fourth oldest ever to run that that fast all time you know and two people above her are like all time greats, but like Shannon Roberry at the age of thirty five running eight forty is no joke. Um, what do you think that means for Shannon? I mean, we think about the five k. <laughs> we we take we assume we take Shelby out of it because she won't. She'll do the fifteen, but we um, think, and then we yeah. we think, but then you also you assume we take Jenny out of it because you assume she qualifies in the fifteen. Like yeah. Shannon Roberry is gonna be big. Shelby and Jenny's fans during that 15 because she wants to make sure they get to the Olympics in that yeah. event and don't try to get in her event. But where do you think yeah. Shannon ranks right now in the U.S. in the 5K after running an 843K? 
Yeah, it's tough. I mean, just to to go back to what you mentioned, being the fastest American at 35 over the 3K, most times when we talk about a distance runner on the women's side or men's side, tip, unless you're, I mean, save Lopez Lamong or Ben True, we're talking about an athlete at that age who's been a good distance runner. Typically, they moved up to the marathon by this point in your career, which I think is, one, it's hard to run that fast at this age, but also just most people have gone to the roads at this point in their career. So it's rare in that sense. Uh, you know, she's blocked by, in my opinion, several women in front of her. You know, she she had a baby in 2018, I think. So, I mean, it, last year was kind of coming back, and she rounded into a pretty good form, an 840s and even more encouraging sign. But, you know, you got Chris Swizer, who's a 5,000-meter lock. Elle Purrier is going to be there. She's run a 416 mile in the last year. Uh, Rachel Snyder. I mean, it's like if, if Houlihan and Simpson aren't there um, – it's a possibility that Roberry could make another team, but you also got to factor in, you know, like younger athletes, like maybe Danny Jones is is up there by then. Uh, you know, Emily Infeld, who's run a fast uh, 5,000 recently. I know 10K is more of her distance, but, you know, she'll be there. It, the path is tough for Roberry to, to make an Olympic team in 2021 <clears throat> when she's going to be 36, but this was certainly an encouraging sign and you don't want to forget about the talent i mean she's she was a world-class 1500 meter runner and 5000 meter runner for like over a decade and she's still very very good it's just <clears throat> it's it's hard to do something is in my i got like a frog in my throat um it is difficult to maintain that level at that age and right now the women's 5000 has really increased in in uh in depth over the last year like really really quickly and you have somebody like Schweizer who's a lock. And if Houlihan, for whatever reason, decides to double, even though really the double's not possible at the Olympics, um, yeah, that takes another spot automatically. Um, and I think there's a chance, like Kevin and I discussed last week, that Houlihan may decide, mm, my, best me my best medal shot's in the in the 5K. It's a small chance, but there's a chance. I mean, she just ran 14.23, and it feels like, you know, if if uh, if she thinks, you know, her speed is superior to those who are going to run the five at the Olympics, she might choose that. But getting back you to Roberry, she's in position. There's a chance, but it's, you know, her, it's, it's, it's like a 20% chance she makes the team. Her 840 would have been the fastest 3K run in 2019 among women in the U.S. Indoors Indoor and outdoors. And outdoor? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's just when you have like, two women run 825 and 826, it, 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 uh, one of those, but only one of those women will matter, right? Assuming that we Shelby's think. a 1500. Think. Yeah. 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 Think. No, 840 I, I think. is good. 840 is good. Like, Don't get me wrong. 840 is very good. Like her right now, I mean, because you think about it, Schweizer's run 825, Houlihan 826, and Quigley 828. Two of those three probably aren't going to be in the 5K. Run. Yeah. Right? So yeah. you have to imagine she's going to be in that mix. And all right, here's the question. Who is more likely? Who do, who who'd you put? Who has a better shot at making the individual Olympic team, not the relay Olympic team? Mother of a newborn from 2018, Allison Felix, or mother of a newborn 2018, Shannon Robert? Mm, it's close. I mean, I'd say they're pretty similar at this point. I would probably say Felix. Um, I have. I, I I mean I think oh, it's tough it's kind of a question of which event is stronger in the U S right now, the women's four or the women's five K. And I think they're pretty close because recently those have been events that have been a weakness for the U S women, but you know, now it's starting to, to come up a little bit. I would still say Felix has a better shot than Roberry. I don't know necessarily why maybe just that experience I mean, Roberry has the same amount of experience, but we talk about, you know, Felix, one of the best all time. You can't say the same about Roberry. It's it's very, very close. I would trust Felix a, a little bit more. I think she has that intimidation factor. If she's back and running up to her, close to her 2017 levels, I think the field is a little bit more intimidated of her than maybe the 5,000 would be of Shannon Roberry. But running 840 is, I think it's, it's, uh, you kind of forget how good 840 is just by the fact that we had two American women indoors run 825, but or 825 and 826. But it's close between these two women who are going to be 35, 36. Uh, I just think I, I'd give the 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 nod to Allison Felix. What about you? I'll give the nudge to Shannon Roberry. I think, like I said, 840 is good, better than we think it is. And also, I'll be even more uh, 
on the Shannon Roberry train. If she goes out and run, runs a sub 405 1500, if she runs a sub 405 1500, I'm going to be like, mm-hmm. okay, she has speed and she clearly has the endurance. She's running 843Ks. I'm, I would be, I mean, I honestly think Chris Schweizer is the only lock in the 5K. I think El Perrier, Rachel Schneider, Shannon Roberry, Danny Jones, Alicia Monson, they're all in the same category, in my opinion. I think only Chris Schweizer well, separate. She ran four sixteen indoors. Yeah, but like, she's still super new to like making world teams. She's only made one world team. Like, she I don't know. It's like, I don't know. I I'm not as, I'm not as. She's not like a, she's not like a a vet. Like we've done it multiple Oof. times. I'd look at LPR the same way as Josh Thompson. Kind of like a new mm. new one on the block. Yeah, you look good, okay. and you and you're and you're riding the momentum into 2020. But like, the you're you're kind of like a you're you're a sophomore, a second year rookie. You know, you're not you're not LeBron James in year 15 or whatever. You know, so well, that's true. You took it to that level. No, no, well, it's definitely not. We're not comparing El Perrier to LeBron James. But yes, well, it's I, like I, it's like Donovan. It's like Donovan Mitchell. All right, would you have Donovan Mitchell or Russell Westbrook? Probably Donovan Mitchell at this point, but I understand I what you're saying. I think Russell, in, in a playoff game, I'd rather have Russell Westbrook than Donovan mm, Mitchell. Okay. Okay. Well, we can each have our preferences there. I'd probably take Mitchell, but uh, okay. Uh, yes, I, I, I mean, I think the bigger thing you mentioned the 1500, which I think Purrier makes my point because she ran a 359 split indoors. I'm just more curious, obviously, to see Roberry in the distance. Like, can she run? I mean, the the bar has been raised so high for American women. Like, can she run low 1450s right now? I think that's kind of the threshold. When we talk about, like, steeplers, like Courtney Frerich's running 1450. I know she's not going to run the five. But that feels like kind of what you got to be able to run to to make the U.S. team. And I I don't know what 840 equates to. It's obviously well under 15 minutes. But I want to see her maybe run low 1450s and maybe in the 1440s before I feel confident that she's got a, you know, better than what I said, a better than 20% shot to make the team. Because that's about what I put it right now. But what what is the, you you let me know when you come up with it. 840 outdoors is 11.73 in points. So let's let's go. Oh, you're doing the the timetables? Yeah, points back. Yeah, timetables. 11, Which we know are historically a little bit untrustworthy, but yeah, go ahead. That's fine. Equivalent to fourteen fifty-five. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think she would need to run a little quicker than that to to be a factor. I mean, particularly right if I we'll see what Swizer does. She may trust her speed, but you know, if she tries to run and go run in the fourteen thirties. That's gonna you know make for a jailbreak race. That's gonna open up a lot of different things. A lot of people are gonna you know, really pay the price if they try to go with her. We'll we'll see. We have no idea. This is a year off, and I don't ever don't want to discount somebody like Shannon Robert, who's been so accomplished, who's got an outdoor medal, who's got an indoor medal, who's you know at a time was the fifteen hundred and five thousand meter American record holder. Uh, she's clearly got something still left in the tank. So yeah. it was a good sign for her. I she think- may have been the biggest winner of this the bigger friendly. Yeah. She was, in my opinion, she was off my relevance list since twenty end of twenty seventeen, right? But now she's back mm-hmm. on it, in my opinion. Yeah. Like she was like a non factor, but it wasn't until she ran this mark when I was like, okay, you're, you're, you're not just in your twilight of your career. You can still put mm-hmm. together something and compete with the twenty year olds. So, yeah, um, I think I think point. she's going to be a factor. I think she will. 100% finish top five at the trials. And it's just a matter yeah. of will she be in the top three. Yeah, the depth definitely falls off after you get past the names we mentioned, unless somebody comes up that we don't anticipate, which is always a possibility, right? I mean, maybe Danny Jones takes a huge leap forward or Snyder, you know, and or, you know, it's, it's, but, but it, yeah, top five, I think is there. It's just getting past that hump is, is tough. Top three is going to be really hard. You gotta, you gotta be well under 15 minutes now to make the team, which is not something we could have said previously. All right. Now we go to a, uh, some shot put news. We haven't talked a lot about field events, which, you know, may be a part of, uh, part on bias uh, on our part, but Ryan Krauser giving us reasons to talk about the shot put. 
a 22.91 meter shot put toss, a heave, if you will. Uh, tied third all time. This is a guy who's won an Olympic title, who last year was a part of a shot put at the World Championships. That was the greatest shot put competition of all time. But during a year that's like a non-season at a meet in, where was it, in Atlanta or somewhere? In Atlanta, I, yeah. Yeah, like a non, I mean, like a like a mini competition. This all-time great shot putter throws a personal best. That was a huge shock. 22.91 is a massive throw. I guess it shouldn't be a huge shot because he was throwing big indoors, but it still continues to reinforce to me that these athletes are really in shape right now where you kind of thought maybe some people would fall off and out the Olympics were postponed. This was really impressive. Yeah, and it continues. I mean, the U.S. right now has been imp- – I mean, him and Joe Kovacs now have the exact mm-hmm. same PR. I mean, Joe right. Kovacs threw this mark literally at, in Doha – so yeah. very recently, and then and Ryan was just a centimeter back. They go one two, uh, in uh, in Doha. But now Ryan gets that extra centimeter. Now it's tied with Kovacs, and uh, I mean USA man with their two guys tw- over seventy five feet, pretty impressive. And uh, you got to think that eventually they're going to be able to crack that twenty three meter mark, where they're you know it's going tough. into this next multiple world championship slash Olympic cycle where there's going to be like no off year, they should be able to put together something. So I'm excited to see what Krauser and Kovacs pull off. And we need to see like a, you know, like a, a, like a, I don't know. I mean, obviously we see them battle in like a shop. I want to see them like compete in other things. You know, there's two of the, the strongest men in the, almost you could say the world right now, but or strength wise and throwing things. I want to see them like throw yeah. things against each other and like, like in other competition. I don't know. I just want to see maybe a boxing match or something. Oh, wow. That'll be fun. So we, we can did, do a, who'd you take in a, a, a Kovacs Krauser boxing match. I mean, Krauser's got the height. So, but. yeah, I don't think they'd be on the same weight class. He'd be like literally punching down. I was just impressed that Krauser did this throw in a, in a baseball hat. I know he's been trying to bring the cowboy hat back into fashion. He wore that before and after competitions and now he's competing in a hat. Um, so I appreciate his style points there. Um, yes, I would. I would definitely watch him and Kovacs have a boxing match. I just know Joe Kovacs much shorter. Ryan Krauser's like six seven. Um, well, maybe we get a race. Joe Kovacs get a hundred meter dash. Maybe a race. I'm just thinking like a garden clash. But instead of a garden clash, it's like it's like how quickly can you? go inside a house and bring all the stuff outside to set up a, a yard sale, right? It's like, <laughs> all right, can you pick up this couch all by yourself? Just like superhuman strength stuff. So it's like, it's still got the, 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 the feel of a garden clash, but instead of like competing, like with track and field events, it's like moving all of your belongings into the yard really quickly. And a lot of them are heavy and you got to move them in and out of stuff. I don't know. That sounds stupid, but it's, you want uh, this, this sounds like a this sounds like a competition on like week weeknight ABC. It's mm-hmm. extreme couch movers and like they just <laughs> the supermarket. It's like a supermarket sweep, but this time it's for moving furniture. And they're like, we have yep. three time Olympian, and then it's like a bunch of shot put yep. throwers. Yeah, no, but in seriousness, I would love to watch You're these guys go head to head. I want to I want to see these guys throw because I I do think they they obviously brought up the best of each other last year at Doha where everyone threw all the three medalists threw over twenty two nine. Krauser's in shape. We I don't think we've seen Kovacs compete, but yeah, let's go after this. I know they've talked about Randy Barnes' top two marks. You know, like they're well off in the distance because you know no one's thrown over uh, twenty three meters since nineteen ninety. So it's been a long time. It's been 30 years. These are the guys that seem like they're they're capable of doing it. And it's it's still a long way off to 23-12, the world record. But I was surprised and impressed that Krauser is in in this good a form. It because the shot put is just so easy to get injured. I mean, you're you're talking about maintaining that lifting regimen and and that that motion with that, you know, with the shot, like you could easily kind of, you know, pack it in and just be like, well, we'll save it, kind of take an off year, rest the arm. 
and and get gear up to defend in the Olympics. But for him to be in this level of shape was it was impressive. And you know maybe we'll go further this year. We'll see. But now even more so, I want to see him and Kovacs competing against each other this year. Yeah, you could say that the Kovacs Krauser back and forth is like a version of what we had with. I'm gonna bring it. I'm gonna bring it up. I know you're like, but Carl Lewis and Leroy Burrell. You know, they were the mm. top two 100-meter runners in the U.S., and they were constantly going one-two against each other. They were outdoing each other's PRs back and forth. Uh, we're kind of getting a version of this in the shot put world where they're neck and neck, you know, literally centimeters difference between the two of them, and now they're matching each other's PRs within years of each other. It's uh, it's going to be exciting to see them duke it out multiple times at the trials and then again at, you know, at the Olympics. Uh, man, yeah. it's hard to be a shot putter when two Oof. of the three, uh, pe- when two people in your event are like all time great in the history of the world. It's kind of like, oh, they don't take the top three anymore. They just take the top one because two of them are no matter yeah. what going to go. So, right, yeah, a little less higher profile, I think, than Carl Lewis and Leroy Burrell. Um, doesn't quite get the same pub as maybe, maybe those guys would have gotten, but it's it is if you're not a field event fan try to take some time to appreciate how good the American throwers are right now. Cause even Daryl Hill, Darrell Hill, the third wing, obviously behind Kovacs and, and Krauser right now in the U S he's very good as well. And he's thrown, uh, you know, I see all time athletics here. He's his mark, his 22 44 best is tied for 39th all time. I mean, this guy is, uh, I don't know where he is on the all time list as far as, people but he's got to be close to a top 20 mark very good thrower but in the shadow of Kovacs and Krauser gets well uh he's well back these guys are all-time greats and they, they need to be fully appreciated and I took a moment this weekend to really say thank you to the track and field gods for, for providing us the with these with these two guys because they're 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 fun they're fun down-to-earth type of guys it's cool they don't quite have we don't have the ego of of a carl lewis uh back in the day which maybe would be fun i want like a rock star type of a shot putter that would be a lot of entertainment but these guys are much much more uh down-to-earth and humble which has its own perks as well gotta love it (laughs) um (laughs) trying to think what else what else we got? I'm looking through my phone here. We got anything. Um, so like we said, maybe some Bowerman action this weekend. They haven't hyped it. I checked their Instagram in the middle of the show. Uh, don't see anything coming up yet. We've heard that they're going to compete on Tuesday. Don't know that to be no, true. Co- it is. Oh. It's true. It's already. It's true. July it's true. 31st. It's confirmed. Yeah. No, yeah, July 21st, you mean? July, July 21st. Yeah. Tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. So I have no idea who's gonna who's gonna run. We haven't seen Centro yet. We haven't seen Kate Grace yet. Um, I doubt we're gonna see obviously more five thousands. They've they've done that. Maybe we'll get McGordy and Fisher back on the track racing. Maybe Woody Kincaid will will run a fat try to run a fast time. No idea. Um, but obviously with what we've seen in the first two, the first inter squad competition brought big PRs for some of the younger athletes, and then of course American and Canadian records in in the next one. Um, the bar's been set pretty high, so I'm excited to see. Do you have any predictions of what we're going to see tomorrow, not knowing who at all is going to compete? Do you have who do you think could be the breakout star of this version of the Bowerman Inner Squad competitions? I think we see a 332 low 1500. Whoa! Wow. Wow, 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 wow. wow. 332. I did yeah. So Kevin and I talked about this kind of last at the end of last week. And I and I said I thought Josh Thompson would be the breakout athlete. 332 is tough. Now, if you look at the fact they ran 334 indoors, you would think that could he could run 332 outdoors. Now that was at the Boston launching pad at BU, but (laughs) definitely that that's possible. It it seems possible. uh, He's gonna have some some have to have some people with him to run that fast, I think. Yeah, the, the Boston launching pad track I heard is now made out of the uh, Vaporfly material. That's they just basically run that's, on a giant Vaporfly. That's what's happening. That's a, that what they've needed to do the the entire time. That 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 thing is it needs to only be faster. I need to go in there and be able to run a sub five minute mile. Yeah, 
that's that's I, I that's that's where if Jojo wants to run fast, she needs to go to fly to Boston, even if they're closed down with the virus right now. Get in there and she'll she'll use she'll run like four forty five. Um okay, so you think Thompson. I I tend to agree going back to last week. I thought I think he'll be the star of this one. Um on the women's side, I don't know, maybe we'll see a 3k uh a 15 or uh, an 800 it's it's a steeple possibly kevin and i brought that up too i don't know who you're going to get to pace that but it'd be fun to see frericks and and quigley try to run a fast steeple because they've been you know especially frerick she's shown she's in shape by running that fast 5k um so maybe we can get that maybe evan jager in a steeple i mean one one can dream right uh we've he's back ready he ran a pretty good 5k so maybe he can run run a steeple his first steeple in quite some time don't you love it that we live in a world where our sport doesn't tell you what event they're running less than 24 hours before the event well yeah it's frustrating when that happens in in normal times i can give a little bit of sympathy to these groups when it's just like these small put together meets but yeah it, it is obviously a little bit frustrating we just have to rely on like rumor and and uh what we've heard through the grapevine to to predict what you know who's going to run and what but yeah we have no idea uh i suppose we will find out today they'll they'll put out a teaser that is um bowerman track club and hopefully we'll, we'll we'll get more information right now we just don't have it Dude, this is a great pod. This, We've been doing this them. Good. How many this pods lot. have we done? Over 110 um, This will be 110. Yeah, this will be 110. So we've done we've done a few of them. It's been good so far, and we've done the majority of them with no track and field to <laughs> discuss. Uh, pretty impressive. I can't wait until 2021. Hopefully the world's somewhat back to normal. And every day we're just talking, either previewing or recapping events. I, it, it's going to be so much information to talk about that we're not even going to know what to do with ourselves. We're going to be like kids on Christmas every single day. So <laughs> until that, we'll continue to toss out a whole bunch of hypotheticals and try to fill the air with words. Uh, for myself, Lincoln Trike, he's Gordon Mack. We will talk to you tomorrow.